AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company, Centratech. I'll explore how 320-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your favorite line, yours, yours specifically, not so much Kenan's, but Kel's. Your favorite line from Good Burger. One one of them where Kurt, the the evil guy in the movie, and he was just like, "Hey Ed, you better watch your butt." <laughs> and Ed goes, "Dude, what?" And he actually looks, and he like, <laughs> and he's like making circles, and he's like, "No one can do that. It's it's too." Yeah. <laughs> it's, dude, knows. dude knows. I agree with Kel Mitchell. It's it's impossible to watch your butt. I would have said ass though, but that's just me. Fast forward, pass some commercials, make it on the other side of the break. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. 
I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carry champions to be a champion, a champion, and carry champion, and carry champion, a champion, and carry champion, and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with. In a world with vulnerable, considered weak, come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story specific. Life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Naked. So uh, you heard this. It's my guest. Uh, For those of you who are of a certain age, you know exactly who he is. I think, honestly, this is one of the first times I've had someone on who transcends in terms of age because he's been working since he was 15 uh, in front of the camera. So I think all of you all may know who he is. It's Kel Mitchell. For me, most notably, uh, Keenan and Kel. And that was such a great series that was on Nickelodeon from 96 to 2000. But I think the breakout and arguably the most memorable for yours truly was Good Burger. And if you haven't seen Good Burger, go back and watch it because here's some breaking news. As Kel just said, you didn't hear it, but I do believe, in fact, there might be a sequel with him and Keenan. You guys know who Keenan is. He's on Saturday Night Live. He's gone on to do some other things. But that duo for me, Keenan and Kel, that duo really, I believe, opened the door for Black sketch artists of a certain age. And it changed the way I watched Nickelodeon and other shows because I saw the genius in it all. So shout out to to the first or some of the first who sometimes don't get their, their props. Now, here's what's interesting. Kel's still working in the business as an actor and as a comedian, but a big part of his life is his faith, and he talks about it unapologetically. So before we get into what has changed for him, he tells us about his workout plan. I think that's important. Sit back and enjoy this edition of Naked. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. 
Did you work out this morning? What'd you do? What was your morning? <laughs> Definitely worked out. I did work out. I work out every morning. Uh, I did 6 a.m. today. I usually try to do like 5.30 a.m. And then uh, mm-hmm. before I drop off the kids <laughs> and all this stuff like slacker. that. Yeah. Slacker. Slacker. You did you did 6 as opposed to 5.30. Slacker. Uh, what kind of workout was it? <laughs> I do a lot of calisthenics. Uh, so a lot of pull-ups, uh, a lot of intervals. I do a lot of that. Yeah. And a lot of hit. <laughs> I do that too as well. Yeah. Really? Now, how does one decide mm-hmm. that's the workout that they want to do? Um, I've been on this workout journey for a while, uh, and I've had different trainers. Uh, and one of them is, uh, Eric Small. Shout out to Confused Muscle. Uh, ironically, I'm wearing his shirt, which is hilarious. Uh, okay. but, um, he's really into, uh, calisthenics and, uh, that was something that uh, worked very well uh, with my body uh, in doing interval training and then also, uh, you know, working on my core. That's really what uh, works for me and, you know, the, the diet as well. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So welcome Kel Mitchell to Naked, y'all. And that's why he's been able to say so <laughs> sexy because he's working out and stuff, y'all. You can't see it. Like he's he's aging backwards. And I was like, what's the routine? Put me on. Let me know what it is. Where's the vampire juice? How are you doing it? Actor and comedian, you guys know him from so many different things. Kenan and Kel, Good Burger. We can get on to many of those things. But I want to I want to talk to you about something that that I recently was able to have another comedian on. Uh, you know, Jay Farrell. And mm-hmm. he and I talked about, I thought it was the lifestyle, but he accurately corrected me. And I and I wanted to take a moment to talk about some of the comedians that have been dying in that in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, David Arnold passed away. Did you know David Arnold? I did. <laughs> I did. I don't think there's a comedian that uh, doesn't know David, you know, or knew David. Great guy. Every time I saw him, you know, he trained so many comedians, you know, within stand-up. I remember I was uh, doing stand-up. And uh, working on it and, you know, doing it for a few years, which was super awesome. And David actually was at one of the shows that I did. I think it was at Ha Ha's Cafe. But, yeah, I was uh, I was opening up for um, Damon Wayans. <laughs> yeah. And that was really, really cool. And I got to chop it up uh, with David afterwards. And uh, he gave me, you know, like some advice and things like that, which was uh, super, super awesome. And then we also stayed in contact because he had his Nickelodeon show as well. Uh, and so he hit me up as well while he was doing that. So, uh, yeah, just amazing, amazing guy. Uh, I loved his last special, which was amazing, (laughs) you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. When you heard the news, what'd you think? Like he's 54 years old for those at home who aren't familiar with David Arnold, take a look, uh, at his work. He was well-regarded as mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. and he had peaks and then he had, you know, stable moments, but I felt like he was on the rise because you talk about his, he had two Netflix specials. He was touring. Mm-hmm. I think that he was really, truly, he was working on another show. He was doing a lot. He's a workaholic. Mm-hmm. When you heard the news, what did you think? I was definitely shocked. I was in New York. I saw it. It came across my feed. I was shocked because he looked in, you know, in great health. You know what I mean? And yeah, like you said, I mean, he was really about to even do even more amazing things. Uh, he had recently uh, put up a video that was very, uh, it was a beautiful moment because he was talking about uh, a role that he was given and uh, in a new film that was coming out for Christmas. And he was just in his trailer and just talking about how amazing this moment was. And, and within his career, he's finally doing it and going on the path that he was going on. So and then like literally three weeks later to hear what happened. So definitely playing for his family, you know, that God comforts them uh, during this time because I know how close he was to them, you know. Yeah, he talks about his kids, his family a lot. A lot of his jokes are based on that. When you were growing up, because uh, you began acting, I think, and this might be wrong, but it says around 1994, you're about 15 years old. It was a comedy sketch, all that. and which yeah. it, it, it was a series that ran until about 1999. When did you get this, this acting bug that ultimately <laughs> showed that you were a comedic actor that could do other things? Wow, yeah. Well, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. So, uh, growing up out there, uh, you know, I was in the church, uh, but then also, you know, there were other ways I could have went as far as like, I had friends that were on up and up and then I had friends that were going in the wrong direction. So my parents were like, okay, he's getting to that age where we need to make sure he's into a lot of stuff that's positive hobbies. Uh, my dad is a retired psychologist and my mom is a retired teacher. 
And uh, I was a bit of a class clown. And he took education very seriously. And so they were like, well, we got to get something that he's doing as a hobby. And they tried everything. Um, You know, I was in every hobby, every community thing. Uh, But what really stuck was uh, acting. They put me in this summer course uh, at ETA Creative Arts Foundation uh, on the south side of Chicago. And uh, I got in there and it changed my life. You know, I really was like, oh, this is this is what I need to be doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? All the stuff that I was doing in class, I was able to do on stage in there. And that was super awesome for me. And then I went from that and putting on a showcase there to actually working in theater. And so, I, you know, after I became a theater kid. So after school, I would go work and do these theater shows. And then that turned into me doing matinees and then, you know, actual shows at night. And I became like a first job for me of my other many other jobs that my parents had me doing too. But yeah, that was just like super awesome uh, to be doing that. I started working in downtown Chicago, Victory Gardens Theater, to all my Chicago listeners that's listening, uh, Goodman Theater. Uh, I was all over. And my actual first job was like, I modeled. So that was first. I modeled for- uh, Oh, oh, okay, Zoolander. (laughs) Tell me about it. Go ahead. Tell me about it, Zoolander. What were you doing? Well, I modeled for uh, the back of a Crunchberry box. So I was in the back of the box. I had my high top fade. I was with some other kids and, you know, uh, people were chasing me around. You know, it's the kid on the Crunchberry box. So for me, that was like the big moment. Uh, (laughs) But other than that, it was really like a hobby. It wasn't like I'm going to get on television from doing this. But then the all that audition came along. And when that came along, we're talking about years later. Because now I'm um, in high school right. and that audition came along and I had finals, you know, and everything, uh, but I was still acting on the side and uh, went auditioned and, and, and got the part, you know, for all that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, I love how you, and I do believe everyone, it's really interesting. This whole theater, I'm, I'm picking up on the word a lot. I've been doing a lot of interviews and people in front of the camera, when they talk about what they started to do, whether they were in front of the camera or behind the scenes, when they started to get the bug of this should be it, it was always some local theater that they started to deal with. Jay said the same thing. Like, I, I was theater. I love it. I have friends who, yeah. who have delved into that, not necessarily became actors or famous, but theater is something. What does theater do for Oof. a natural performer? I'll tell you this. Shout out to uh, Runaku Jahi. That was my- uh, I know him. <laughs> Yeah, you know Renaku? Oh, man. I don't. I do not. I just... I'm oh, not, you don't? Like, you know, I do not. But I do like funny. shout out to you. And I'm like, cool. I love him too. I don't. But well, yeah, I know. That was my... Uh, like that he poured into you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my acting teacher. Definitely amazing. Put on a bunch of plays uh, out there. But uh, what it is about it is that... Because I started out doing a lot of drama at first. And so for me, what it is, is that really becoming the character... Uh, there's no take one, take two, like it is in television. When you mm. do theater, you're on that stage. So if mm. you mess up, you're going to have to improv. You and the actor got to figure it out to keep the show going. The show must go on. And so that makes you a beast. And so when I got on all that in these television shows, I always look at it like it's show night. You know what I mean? Like it is no take two. Like I'm every take, I'm going to give you 100% of this character. I'm going to embody this character. Uh, why is this character doing what it's doing? Uh, and I put that into all my characters that I play. Uh, I really do like a, a real analysis of why are they doing the things they're doing? Why are they talking the way they talk? What is their personality? Uh, all the way down to their walk. You know what I mean? Because in theater, you see the entire body. Television is just, you know, different shots or whatever. Interesting. But, um, yeah, but that's what the, happens the, when the, you what happens uh, when you're in theater and you pay attention to the entire body. What other perspective does that give, give you? What other texture or dimension are you able to add as an actor? OK, so, for instance, like when with Ed, you know, because, you know, I'm sure people <laughs> could identify me with Good Burger and stuff like that. So sure. when I did the, all that show, uh, I had many different characters that I played on there, but I'll do Ed as an example. So uh, they just wrote it as. A air airhead, but kind of smart, you know, cap dude that messes up at a drive through and he says, you know, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. And so I really was like, okay, I got to give him something. And in my audition, they knew that I did this like valley dude. 
in my audition in Chicago, I was like, oh, dude, yeah. And so they wanted that voice in there. But then I said, well, we got to go deeper. You know what I mean? Like, how does he talk? How, I mean, how does he walk with this talk? You know, yeah. what? Yeah. what's his movements? What does he do? And I literally practiced that like in a mirror over and over and over again. I was like, he needs um, his hair. What does that look like? So I went and I saw these Millie Vanilli wig in the hair and makeup room and I put that on. And then I really just chilled with this character interviewing him of how he would respond to certain things. And then I walked out and did the first scene uh, with that. And everybody was just like, yo, <laughs> like he is like this dude is taking on his own, uh, taking on his own life. And I did that with all my characters and still do with my characters uh, even now. Yeah. So you wanted to give them something. So what extra did yeah. you give them with the, with the audition? Yeah, with that particular character, uh, you know, of course, they saw the voice in the audition and then they had the welcome to Good Burger. But I needed more. So I had to really interview my character. And I do that with a lot of my characters. You know, what do they like? What do they like to eat? How do they walk? What is you know, what's the smells? All these different things. Uh, so you can make it feel really real. Uh, and so within doing that, uh, I saw this Millie Vanilli wig that was in the hair and makeup room, you know, the brandy I went down <laughs> with, you know what I mean? And I put that on and then I walked through the hallways doing his walk, you know, and everything. And I really set with the character before I came to stage. Uh, and then when they saw it in our, you know, dress rehearsals, like just cracked up laughing. Uh, and I, I owe a lot of that to uh, my theater background because even in theater, I had to do my own makeup. I had to do a lot of different things. And uh, it was really, really cool uh, to be able to have that at such a young age and then, you know, put it within, you know, my uh, acting abilities on on screen, you know. (laughs) In my world, in my the equivalent would be uh, theater would be what in my world would be my very first TV market I worked in where I Mm -hmm. was a one man band and I carried the camera and the tripod and I did all the I did all the things, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I totally understand what you're saying. I think it's interesting because, and I was going to wait to get to this, but mm-hmm. 1997 Good Burger, I don't, if you haven't seen it, see it. I don't know anybody who has not seen it. If you haven't seen it, get your life together because it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> but, and it's a classic. It's a cult, a, a cult classic. It's, it's, it's like I interviewed Gina Prince Bythewood and I'm all like, let's talk about love and basketball. Like she's like, I've had a gazillion movies since then, but there are just some, films that sit with you and Good Burger is one of them. And so there were these whispers that you kind of, you know, I heard Kenan say, perhaps maybe kind of, I need the numbers right. You kind of was like, I'm always open. So tell me, where are we at? Good Burger 2, just break some news right here on Naked. Uh You try to to get it out of me. (laughs) Well, here's the deal. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, You know, Good Burger. uh, Yeah, we're open all the time. We're ready. <laughs> I can't give you too okay. much information. <laughs> Listen, we got to get it done soon because y'all fully grown. Y'all big and grown yeah. now. So we got to get it done soon. I want the storyline to be what it's like as adults. Yes. Yeah. We're going to have some, we're, we're going to have some fun with Can it. I- <laughs> Guys. The context clues. We're going to have some fun with it. Okay. I'm going to leave it there because we can't say anything. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. We have the Emmys. Emmys was surprisingly, right? Surprisingly diverse this year. Talk to me about the surprise. Was it really a surprise? You know, uh, we've been putting in that work. (laughs) I mean, like if you look at, I mean, come on, Uh, you know, a lot of amazing shows, amazing Actors and actresses that have been putting in work over, you know, the, this year that's been amazing. And then also, you know, Cheryl Lee Ralph. I mean, that was she get, amazing. She was, we had that's, her on the podcast like three weeks ago. She was like, I don't know if I'm a win, but we shall see. Actually, to tell you the truth, I did have some idea. And I told Quinta, I said, girl, you know what? I'm going to sit right here, do this good work and collect my check. <laughs> because I thought I was invisible. I did not think anybody was going to really see me. Oof in this show because I was just laying in the cup, just doing what I do. And then all of a sudden this happened. And I was like, what the Heidi? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She gave me so much life. I was like, she has to win. Oh, I was so proud. I was so happy for her, but I'm referring to the surprise, the reunion, if you will, that really wasn't a surprise because you have to rehearse it, but talk to me about how that was? Did it feel like old times? Was it a little awkward? Um, 
was the relationship. Oh, I was awesome. Yeah, I mean, me and Keenan, we we talk all the time. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, we talk all the time. So that wasn't like a like we haven't seen each other <laughs> all the time. So we You're talk like, hey, all the up. time. That's my homie. Uh, and so he hit me up because I was in uh, New. I was in Portland at the moment because I was you know promoting my book. So I was going from New York and then you know to Portland. And they called me up and was like, "Yo, you want to do you know? Let's do the Emmys. We got a great idea. Keenan has this great idea." And I was just like, I heard it. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's let's make it happen. So I flew, uh, you know, back home uh, to make that happen. And, uh, yeah, it went great. It, it was such a, a beautiful moment. And to hear the audience, you know, uh, so excited, you know, to see us together. Uh, we always love doing that. I mean, we hang out all the time, but it's always good to share that with our fans as well so they can have those moments <laughs> with us. So because well. it means, it really does mean a lot to the fans. It's nostalgia. It reminds you of a time. You're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I miss-. it's something familiar. People, um, one thing, the, the recipe is, at least for me, I want it to feel familiar. Like the good, good old days, whatever that means, right? Whatever that looks like or means for people. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting because as I'm learning more about your life and yet you've written uh, two books, I believe, Two, right? Two books. Yep. <laughs> yep. And we'll and we'll get to the latest one that, that's most recently um uh out and available for everybody, wherever you can get books, right? Can you buy books anymore besides Amazon? I know everyone does. <laughs> yeah, you can. Still Barnes and Noble Target. Go and buy a book, guys. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> your life, your life trajectory, you still act, you're still a comedian. But what I what I what I, I find most interesting is that you talked early on about growing up in the church and you're a pastor of a church right now. Yeah, I am a, uh, the youth pastor of uh, spirit food Christian center. So I have my teens and I'm working there. Uh, super, super awesome. Uh, that's been something I've been doing it for years. I think just really? in 2000, 2019, um, you know, that's when the press found out about it, <laughs> but everyone that's close to me. Uh, oh, yo, knows so you've me. been doing this for a while. This is not new oh, to yeah. us. This is new to us, but it's new. To, it's not new to you. You've been doing this since when? For how long? Uh, whew, long time. Uh, I got to Spirit Food Christian Center, I want to say in 2010, like way back, like 2000, 2010. So we're talking way back. And I, I worked in Helps Ministry. Uh, I've always been a motivational speaker, uh, speaking to you know, uh, juvie homes, speaking to high schoolers all over, telling my life story, my ups and downs, uh, and the things that I went through in life. Uh, that's been something I've been doing for years. And so all my close friends, you know, really know. Then I started, uh, I took the call of preaching, uh, in doing that, but then I got my license in 2019. So that's what, and then that's what happened. And I just Uh, put it on Instagram and then uh, everybody thought like, oh, he's going to be doing good burger weddings and all this. Now it's like, nah, this is, (laughs) This is for real, for real. Like, you know, God is <laughs> everything in my life. You know what I mean? Like, this is for real. So, yeah. I, you're right. Because when you, when you, when you announce it, it's like, it's a real thing. You're like, no, I've been doing it forever. When, what was that calling? How did you know that what, that's what you wanted to do? More specifically with the youth, because you know how they be. I, I have a mentorship program, a foundation, yeah. and these little girls be getting on my nerves. I love y'all because I know y'all listening. Um, mm-hmm. But then how did you know, how did you know that was your calling? Like, that's what you wanted to do? Yeah, well, you know, because uh, with my mom being a teacher, my dad being uh, a psychologist, and me navigating through life, adulting with through entertainment, but then also uh, the things that I went through even Chicago before I even got on television and seeing the things that happen with youth that through violence, you know, uh, through depression, through, you know, suicide, all these different things and things that I experienced too in my life. And then I also would put on programs, uh, me and my wife, we had a program out here in uh, Carson, California uh, called the Backhouse Party. And we had the kids come and dance. This is back when the jerk movement was popping. And so they would come and we put on a live dance show uh, for the youth. And we started with, I want to say like, we started with like 20 kids, but then that grew to like 400 kids we had up in there. And it was pretty crazy every time we did it. Uh, But we would pray with them. We still stay in contact with a lot of them now. They're grownups now. (laughs) You know what I mean? But uh, I always had a heart for the youth. Uh, and helping them and seeing them uh, grow because it helped me too as well, like within community theater and doing these showcases. And I also traveled 
uh, with a uh, a youth group as well called uh, Moi, which meant messages which are hype uh, in Chicago. And we would go and tell nonviolent stories through art, which was just super, super amazing. And then I lost a few friends along the way uh, within Chicago, you know, and also within the entertainment business as well. So it's a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot of things that are going on. And for me, I will be doing people, uh, my fans a disservice if I didn't tell them how I got through, which was my faith in God, which me uh, making, uh, having a relationship with Christ because I grew up in the church. So Mm -hmm. I knew, you know, and I know Christ, I know God, but then there's a difference between knowing and having a relationship, meaning that you're in everything that I do. Like before Mm -hmm. I start my day, like you asked me working out, well, before that, it was spending time in worship, you know, in prayer and covering my wife and my kids and, you know, covering myself because God knows my future. I don't, I know what's going to come up ahead, but I want to know that I'm going to respond in joy and not in an emotional way. Um, and so that's what's so important to me. So when I decided to take the call, because people have spoken over my life where they would go, hey, you should preach. And I'm like, nah, I was like, God going to come down. I got to see him. He right in front of me and be like, <laughs> He's going to have to be like, oh, hi, not, I'm not, yeah, he's got a store. We need you to preach. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. Man, because, right, because that wasn't, that just wasn't me. That wasn't my lifestyle. So I'm like, no, nah, I can't, I can't see that. And, uh, but I mean, really, like when I decided to go, okay, God, you're controlling everything in my ups and downs. You have been here. Uh, I've seen him do miraculous things in my life through my prayers and, uh, through me having faith in God and things that have been breakthroughs in my life. And when it was one time, I never forget that I was really preaching. <laughs> really, I mean, not preaching. I was in worship, really hard praying. And he spoke to me so hard. He spoke to me like I could hear his voice. He was like, yeah, I want you yeah. to preach. I want you to preach, but I also want you to stay in the entertainment business. And I'm like, well, how am I going to do that? I was like, I, and I have no one to talk to that had a show currently at this moment where this was happening. They had a show and was preaching at the same time. And I was like, how am I going to, how am I going to do that? Who can I talk to? Who was this? And, and what, I went to my what, wife. What year was this? Huh? And what show were you, what year was this? And what show, show were you doing? This was, this, this was around, I want to say 2017, like around mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. And I was on a show called Game Shakers on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And so uh, within this show. And I was just like, well, what, a, how am I going to, to do this? You know what I mean? And I would still preach. I would, you know, talk to the kids and I would do all these things while I was still working. And I was seeing that I'm not like, it was easy because it wasn't easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still not, you know what I mean? But God gives me the endurance and the comfort through the Holy spirit to, to be able to make it happen, you know, yeah. uh, which is, which is, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. But he had been grooming me for this for, you know, so many years. Uh, and that's what I'm very transparent with my teens. You know, I tell them, hey, I've been there. Yeah. I know what you're going through. Don't go through that door. Don't make that choice. Life is a, lo- a lot about choices. Uh, even with being a youth pastor, they'd be looking at you sometimes like, and you don't know if you're getting through to them. But then yeah. like, well, you know, because you speak to teens and it's like, but then three yeah. months later, they come to you and they tell you a breakthrough that happened in their life. Or something yeah. that they got through because of something that you told them, and it's like just the ah, it's such a beautiful moment because it's kind of like, oh, you, you were know, listening. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. We will pay all bills. Back in a moment with Kel Mitchell on Naked. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, get naked with. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In 1994, Kel began his acting career with Keenan at 15 years old. At 15 years old. And he's still so pleasant. Here he is talking more about his career. The hard thing, the hard thing, here's the hard thing. The hard thing is, especially mm-hmm. with all the different messages, the hard thing is, is when you are know you have a calling, or even if you know that you have faith or you believe in Jesus and you present, you're like, I'm a Christian, I'm a Jesus believer. Um, and you find yourself living in both worlds, which we do, um, you always can lead by example. But I do know that people will try you and say, well, if you are a Christian, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you'll have that from the church or you'll have that from people who are not in the church or you'll just have people in general saying that. And sometimes the message can be blurred. Um, mm. And I'm speaking from my experience. The message can be blurred because sometimes the messenger isn't presenting how people think you should present. 
when you said it was very clear to you that God wanted you to do both, that he spoke to you and said you should do both. The both part was what? Why do you think it was necessary for you not to necessarily leave acting, stay acting, but also preach? Because it's the, I had to realize too, where everybody's journey is different. I used to do a lot of comparison uh, as far as like, well, this preacher is doing this and this is going this way. Uh, And the Lord spoke to me so clearly, like, this is your journey. This is your ministry. This is how I want you to minister to people. And this is the reason why you went the route that you went. So then that way they could see my heart through you. Here's what's really deep about it. When I decided to say, okay, I've seen so much within the entertainment business behind the scenes of the mental health, of the depression, of the things that people are going through. Are these people going to come into church on Sunday? Some of them, but others probably not. And the thing about it is, is that now when I'm on these sets and I'm in these meetings, I'm also bringing God with me and I'm seeing it through his eyes. And it was been beautiful. It's not like I bust in the on set and be like, y'all better love Jesus. It's like right. when they see right. it through my actions, right? This yeah. talent, this talent, yeah. this creativity, everything that was given to me. God given, yeah. God given. And then what happens is, is that through my actions on set, You'll have people in the parking lot. This literally happens all the time in the parking lot that it'd be like, hey, yo, hey, man, I'm going through a little something. I heard you was going through something. Can you pray for me? We praying. I'm praying Aww. over the set. I'm praying over the set before I go. Friends from the 90s that we work together now, they'll go, something different about you, bro. What's going on? You said very different. Okay, I'll tell you. This is what's going on. And you had others that were in the entertainment business. One brother, he hit me up. He was like, yo, Kel, how are you so vocal? Because aren't you afraid that you work That's in the entertainment? Where not- That's where I was going. Do you find that they that you uh, may have lost out on opportunities because they don't want you to be on set praying for people? You know what's deep? I've gotten, it's, it's, it's elevated. It's even more work. It's even more doors that have been opened because yeah. of me being obedient and consistent to Christ, which is very, very deep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I can tell that to anybody. And if, if anybody has followed my career, they can see that that is what's happening right now. And it's so beautiful because it's me saying, and, and I don't care. Because the thing about it is that I know, I know if as long as I'm following him and I'm doing what he tells me to do, all of these things are going to open up. All these doors are going to open up. And then also, too, with through producing and writing my own things. And then uh, I tell people this story all the time. I was at a huge, huge meeting, you know, very big agency. Right. So you got all these agents and producers and we're all sitting there and they want to work with me because I do other projects as well. And I'm sitting there and within this, they go, you know, we see that you talk about your faith a lot, you know, online. So I'm thinking it's going to go left, you know, but then they were like. Tell us more about that. Tell us about your testimony. And it was like a pursuit of happiness moment almost. Because I was literally in tears and I'm talking with them and telling them about it. And it was just like a beautiful moment. And so I want to let people know, because there's so many people that be like, oh, it's just just satanic in in, in entertainment. It's this, that, other. And it's like, there's some believers in there too. A lot of believers. And there's people that that believe in God, that love God. And it's all ministry. And when you look at it like that, you know, when you tell these stories or these beautiful stories of people triumph, having triumph, getting through something, uh, that's what I look at in any any project that I do. I look at it in that way, too. Like, what was the outcome? What was the breakthrough within the character? What mm-hmm. happens? Um, and that's and you feel that within your heart when you hear these stories. So for me, it's just it's part of my journey. It might not be everybody's, you know, ministry journey. Uh, but for me, it's been beautiful. And when kids come and they go, man, I seen you on Good Burger. So that's why I came to the church. That might've been the only reason. And that does yeah. happen. Yeah. Then they sit down and they hear the love of God. They hear the, how the grace and they feel that in their heart. Then they join the church and give their life to Christ. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's <laughs> you a, know what I mean? That's a beautiful, yeah. that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Any, and even in the yeah. aspect and I'm not diminishing being, you know, when you people give their life to Christ, but the aspect mm-hmm. of being able to help someone 
knowing that that's what you've been called to do. You feel, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think you're like, there's my purpose. There's my legacy. I feel better that I'm able to help somebody. I'm able to lift someone up and I'm not so focused on me. And it feels very um, rewarding in a world that wants us to be selfish, in a world that says that it should be all about us. And, you know, look, I ain't perfect. I get caught up in the selfishness of it all. But it's, 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 it's absolutely beautiful to hear you be so bold about it. And to hear also that you are being rewarded, obviously, because God's rewarding you for being obedient, but you're in this big meeting and they're like, so tell me more about your faith. You talk about it. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Do you think that there are roles that you won't do because of your faith? You know, I take, uh, I touched on that a little bit earlier, but yeah, I take every role uh, into consideration within my thought process and within my journey of what I'm doing. So literally, like when I get sent something and I look at the character, I read the entire script. And for me, it's about the story. In the beginning, when I was just, it was certain roles that I would pass up because I just was like, ah, no, I can't cuss. I can't do this. I can't do that. But now I look more at the character because I'm going, well, what do they learn at the end of this? As the audience is watching this, what is the outcome? And so when I started looking at it in that way, um, it opened up a lot more characters for me and a lot more of uh, character work that I was doing uh, in stories that I put out as well, uh, which I think is is amazing. You know what I mean? And a, and yeah. a good thing to do. A good thing to yeah. do. So. But I think with every actor, we all, you know, of course you want to. Uh, I think, you don't you, of course, I, yes, every actor is like, nah, I ain't doing that. Like there are things you just, in your career period, actor, yeah. not actor, I'm not doing that. Or I am doing that. Or that's what or I want. I am to doing do. that. And you, you yeah. got to get there. You can't take, you know, yeah. like you want to take everything, but you should really think about the longevity of this thing. <laughs> yeah. By the way. You have not lied because you do have to get yeah. there. Well, here's yeah. what's interesting. People talk about teenage actors all the time. There was this this rap that, you know, especially during a certain time, you grow up on set, you're by yourself, you have these crazy hours, school is really secondary. You, know, you hear all of these, these stories that suggest it is an, um, an environment that can help you be a positive, productive uh, adult. And then I... I see so many stories now, yourself included, where you're like, no, it, it can happen. It does happen. Um, and even if you did have a troubled, you know, post-teenage life, you can still rebound. I see it in actors like Jason Bateman, who always talks about how he was raised on set and he had a drug addiction and now he's he's found his life, you know. Or Robert, look at, I could just name a bunch of different actors, right? Yeah. Um, and now I look at what you've been able to do and the world that you've been able to create and the people that you've been able to be around and still be very talented. What would be the next chapter for you in terms of acting? What would, do you want to do? Is there a movie role that you want to do? Is there something that you work on that you feel like this is, this is it for me? This is my role. So my, my uh, North star is always Oprah, right? I say that that's my, but like if I, if I was an actor, I would want to play Oprah, you know, but I want to be, I want to live her life. (laughs) I want to be in the garden picking flowers and, and on my private jet carrying avocados where I go. Cause Oprah was like, ah. I just take avocados where I go. Everywhere I go, I just take avocados, guys, from my garden. And, you know, I go to the restaurant. I'm like, Oprah, because you can. I wish I would show up to the local (laughs) restaurant with my my avocados and be like, here you go. Here you go. Can you make these for me for my garden? (laughs) So that's my North Star. I uh, want the day when I can bring my avocados to the restaurant. What is it for you? You know what? For me, um, I have gotten to a, a point where I'm enjoying God doing what he does within mm-hmm. my career. Mm-hmm. And so that mm-hmm. means I'm open to, I'm literally open to whatever career path that comes up within the character that I'm going to play because I'm going to take it to him and be like, yo, is this it? Is Pray about it and, and just go for it. Because even with me being an author now as well was all orchestrated by God. You know what I mean? And, you know, producing directing, uh, when it was a time where it was like, I wasn't getting roles. And then I said, I, I, an actor told me, Hey, well, you know what? They ain't giving you the roles you make them. All right. And so did I started writing and who knew yeah. that then years later, this writing process of me doing these independent things turned into me now being able to write and be a writer and all these different things. So 
I'm just really enjoying the journey. I was talking to my wife about that. And every time I finish a project, we're like, man, I'm excited about the next project or what the next project is going to be, the next witty idea uh, that we get. Um, And then staying ready. That's very important to me. Like staying ready, like, you know, continuously acting, continuously working out and getting your body ready for whatever (laughs) opportunity. That was the next. Shout out because something, something muscle. Who was the guy? Confused muscle, right? Confused muscle. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. This mental, physical, uh, and spiritual for me within everything that I do. And that's why I wrote everything. my book, Bless Mode. Yeah. That's why I wrote my book, Bless Mode, because I'm just, um, I'm enjoying the journey. And that's what faith is. It's really just saying, I'll take the leap of faith for whatever it may be. And it can be just these wonderful things that happen, even within my career and within my life. You know, so people yeah. can get blessed mode. That's a memoir, right? It's about yeah. Your life. No, blessed mode is a devotional. Now, people told me, you know, Kale, you've been through a lot. You should do a memoir, and I was like, no, I want to do a devotional because okay. a devotional book. Uh, a lot of people are busy. You know what I Correct. mean? And, and you know, when you read a devotional, it's different each day, and you can yeah. just tap in. And you can read for like three minutes, and it helps. And so get for little, me, get a little food and get back into the day. And get back into the day. And uh, it's been uh, very awesome. Uh, I did a book trailer with it, uh, which is super cool. Uh, I also did a music video. We put out a song with it. Uh, and I did that with the book. I really just really wanted, you know, people to understand that they're beautifully and wonderfully made by God. And to go after their day and be motivated for their day and, and choosing gratitude and joy within everything. And these are the things that I had to do to get out of kelp reacting emotionally. And that's why I called it bless mode because when I, I react in kale mode, it might be emotional. It might be like, ah, this person did this though. <laughs> but if I react in what God wants, it's always going to be a loving reaction. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what, you know, really what it was with that. And then, then prank day came along too as well, which is uh, my new book, which I'm super excited about <laughs> yeah, as well. That's yeah. available everywhere, guys, where they sell books. Y'all know where they get the books at. Amazon and stuff. And then Barnes and Noble. Where they get the books. <laughs> where they get the books and stuff. And if you like me, you like oh, book. Okay. So tell me what Prank Day is. I mean, I know, but tell tell us what Prank Day is. <laughs> okay. So Prank Day uh, is a novel for tweens, you know, 8 to 12. But uh, a lot of people have been reading it that's older than that. <laughs> They've been reading it now. Uh, but it's about a kid that uh, does April Fool pranks. <laughs> and when he does the pranks on April Fool's Day, the next day on April 2nd, the pranks come true. So now you got to run a refrigerator running through the neighborhood. You got flying spiders. You got uh, clowns coming out of toilets. And he has to figure out why this is happening. And one of his pranks is going to change his life forever if he doesn't figure this out. And so uh, it's definitely, definitely a, a, a awesome story uh, yeah. from that idea. It just took it on its own. By the way, journey. that's a movie. Yeah. You know what? Thank you for saying that. Movie. Here it is. <laughs> Thank you that's for saying a that. A oh, movie. Man. I'm all like, no, yeah. as you're saying, I can totally visualize that the next day as a great movie that would be <laughs> super popular with the tweens, if not the, the adults like myself. Okay, go man. on. I'm sorry. That's a, I appreciate that's that. Well, I, well, I'll tell you this because you're an entertainment. You you appreciate this. Like I tell a lot of like writers and authors, and this book, uh, Prank Day, originally was I wrote it as a film, right? I originally wrote it as a film. It was a film script, and I had it at a network. Uh, the network went through a merging process, and they uh they they fired the the movie. You know, all the people that was head of the movie and film division, and they went to other places, and everybody was like, "Oh no." But then they, the network held on to my, you know, my film. So my attorney went in and did what he had to do, got it back for me. And then I was like, well, I'm going to take it. I could take it somewhere else. And I just was kind of sitting on it. And then when I had put out Bless Mode with HarperCollins, they said, hey, well, Tommy Nelson wants to do something with you. Do you have like a kid's, you know, you know kid book or something like that? And so I sent them a whole bunch of ideas, other ideas. And then I put that in there too. I was like, well... It's a movie, but let's see. I sent them the script, said, y'all read the script. They loved it. And we turned it into a novel, which was just super, super, you know, awesome. So it's always like, this is what I'm saying about with God and that faith and just knowing that 
it might not happen the way you want it, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, it may not be yeah. at the timing you want it or when you want it, but it will yeah. happen. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. That's real. What's meant for you cannot pass you by. I, they, I see it all the time yeah. with so many people and they tell these great stories. I appreciate you even, first of all, being such a breath of fresh air and, and, and being bold in your faith. I think anybody who's bold in what they believe in, really, truly bold from a place that is not selfish, self-centered, um, mm. is rare in this industry and rare in the world in which we live in today. So I think that's amazing. I really do. Um, so mm. again, folks, go out there and grab it. I, I have something else to ask um, before I let you go. You told me okay. a really funny story about Good Burger. This is just my personal, this is my personal ass. I'm asking for me. If y'all, I don't care if y'all like this question or not. I need you to tell me your favorite line, yours, yours specifically, not so much Kenan's, but Kel's, your favorite line from Good Burger. What was the iconic <laughs> moment that you still feel like everybody is? Cult classic moment. Yeah, from the TV show or the movie? Um, the movie. Okay, from the movie. <laughs> one, one of them, uh, where Kurt, the the evil guy in the movie, and he was just like, "Hey Ed, you better watch your butt." <laughs> and Ed goes, "Dude, what?" And he actually looks, and he like, <laughs> and he's like making circles, and he's like, "No one can do that. It's it's too." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah dude knows. You can't watch your butt. Funny. I don't watch my. How do I watch my butt, guys? Like, no, seriously, that's a logical question. I don't think anything's wrong with that. Smart, logical, well thought out question. No one can do that. No, I mean, maybe now with a little surgery, you can, but I mean, it's next to impossible. It's next to impossible, Cal Mitchell. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on Naked. Is there anything else our folks should be checking out for you? Uh, definitely check out uh, Deliciousness. That's uh, my show on MTV that I do yep. with uh, Tiffany Thiessen, Angela Kinsley, uh, Tim Chataransu. It's a spinoff of Ridiculousness. Uh, so check that out as well. We're in our third season. Uh, get Prank Day available. Like you said, everywhere books are sold. Uh, awesome, awesome book. Awesome read. Y'all check it out. Um, super excited about that. Yeah. And then I got a Christmas movie. I'm going to have to come back and see you yeah. and talk about that. I would like it. I would like it. Yeah, yeah. So we just I would just love it. I would yeah. love it. Your spirit is great, and you're and you're encouraging people, even today, myself included. I'm sure uh, Jacques and Dwayne, although they were angry earlier, those are the staff members on my show. Oh. Uh, I think you've made them happy. Um, on awesome. uh, they're working really hard. I could feel them smiling now. So thank you uh, for yeah. doing that, and thank you so much for joining me. I do appreciate it. Hey, thank you, and thank you for what you do as well. As well. As well. I've had the opportunity to interview a couple of comedians since David Arnold passed away. And I know some of you may not know who he is because he wasn't really known in terms of being the guy in front of the camera, but he was a very smart man. He was a loyal friend, it appeared to be, and he loved his family. Most of his his uh, comedy was about his kids and his wife. And I appreciate that because he felt very genuine to me and very kind. His death uh, was considered untimely. And the point of me asking uh, different artists, especially those in the comedy community, about his death and what he meant, I wanted to pay respects to who he was because, or who he is really, because his memory still lives on. And I wanted to make sure that you all paid attention to who he was. Perhaps maybe if you have some time, you can Google who he is, send some love rather to his family and his friends, because I think we lost a great guy. Again, I appreciate you all for joining me here on Naked. I'll talk to you all next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
I'm Johnny B. Good, the host of the podcast Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin. This podcast dives deep into the story of Ray Trapani and his company Centratech. I'll explore how three 20-somethings built a company out of lies, deceit, and greed. I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.